Welcome to Your Wellbeing Podcast, brought to you by the Mind Body Spirit Festival. We're here today with Adam Rowe, one of our headline presenters at this year's Mind Body Spirit London Wellbeing Festival at the Olympia, May 2020. Adam has been described as one of the top game changers, innovators and trailblazers to look out for. He often speaks on a wide variety of topics and his work has over 300 million views. Welcome Adam, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I, I love that introduction. Thank you. So well, nice. you offer a lot and sometimes it can be tricky to describe everything you do in just a few words. So how do you summarize what you do to someone who hasn't heard of you or your work before? Yeah, I think the most succinct way that I can put it is I create art that empowers people to choose love and love themselves more deeply. Wow. So that's leaning more towards the artist side of what you do and, and what you offer, right? Yeah, well, I my background originally was art. I was a um, actor and a director, a writer, producer, kind of in the film world. And then um, I took a sabbatical from that when I had my spiritual awakening and really developed into a coach, a transformational leader. I um, started doing one-on-one coaching and leading workshops and group programs and speaking on stages. And then I found that for me, I believe the highest leverage move for how we can actually shift this planet is through art. Mm. And so I found my way back into art. And the way that surprisingly took off was my spoken word poetry. That was the thing that kind of exploded. Yes, and um, yeah, now I use poetry and film and music and live performance to spread the same messages I was spreading when I was a traditional coach and inspirational speaker. So you referenced the sabbatical you took, which created that trigger or which started that transformational process. What was the trigger that created that shift and that moved you in that direction? Yeah, I went through the most difficult year of my life. Basically, everything that I had assigned my identity to Mm. was crumbling around me. My finances, my health, my career, all of that stuff seemed to be just at the lowest it had ever been. Mm. And it culminated in a car accident that would eventually lead to hip surgery. And then a week later, I was at work with migraines and my hip and everything, but I needed to work because I had to start over at a financial zero Mm. because I'd had this verbally abusive acting manager who made me print out my bank account statement and give him every dollar I had in order to get out of the contract with him. And so after years of like struggling as an actor, I had no money. And so I was forced to work. Um, I was a personal trainer at the time and go to work with these migraines and this hip pain. And a week later, I'm walking out of the gym, walking to my rental car, which has been hit and run on the side of the road where I parked it. And it's the bumpers completely off on the ground. And my brain broke, basically. I had that moment that you you see in movies where Mm. the the lead actor is like, wah, 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 and just can't even focus on anything. And that was that moment where I humbled myself. Mm. Like I was humbled to the point of saying, I don't think I have this life thing as figured out as I thought. Mm. And because of that, I was open in that same humility. There's that openness to, okay, I'm open to a different idea of, of things being. And that led me through a series of events to talk to a spiritual intuitive. And I didn't believe in any of this, by the way, at the time. And I, I spoke to a spiritual intuitive. And then I was guided into an ayahuasca ceremony. And I didn't know anything about ayahuasca or what it was. And it just blasted me open. And that series of events led to a spiritual awakening where 
I made a decision where I was no longer going to put any energy into anything that was spreading fear. Mm. It needed to be about spreading love. And that was the game changing moment. And over time of doing that and and choosing to do that and creating art with those messages, Mm. people started to ask me, what are you doing? you seem so happy. You seem so good. Mm. And that led to kind of naturally into a, a coaching practice. And I started coaching business owners and CEOs and, and actors and actresses. And yeah. And then eventually found my way back into taking those messages and putting them into the art that I'm creating today. Yes. And I think that also makes you a really unique presenter when it comes to this field, because you have such a, a basis in art Um, in how you're transmitting your message. If you don't mind me quoting you, on your website it says you transmit frequency through the conscious content that you create. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? (laughs) Well, I believe that everything is frequency, right? Mm -hmm. There's the frequency that we are holding internally is an alchemy of everything we've ever been through and everything that we're doing, everything we're eating, drinking, all the media we're consuming. It's so nuanced. It's infinitely complex. And so the alchemy of all of that leads to an internal frequency that we're holding and blasting out into the world. And especially Dr. Joe Dispenza and his work around epigenetics is really showing is that we are impacting our environment and our environment is also impacting us. It's going both directions. And Mm. so my view on it is as an artist, I have an opportunity to reach up into the astral realms or the etheric realms or or whatever you want to label it and pull down a frequency of consciousness, of, of information information and um, the way that a radio transmitter is working where um, yes it's blasting a frequency out in form of the sound waves but it's also receiving that frequency that's that's what it is blasting out and I believe as human beings that's what we're doing and Mm. so if we want to elevate the consciousness of this planet and spread more love and light first of all we need to be able to go up and actually receive that channel Mm -hmm. and secondly we need to do the work So that internally, as that's coming through us, we're not adding a bunch of our own fears, doubts, insecurity, limiting beliefs, all of the things that would distort that frequency that we're putting out. And what I see art as being is being the tangible expression of creative energy. Mm. And so if I can do everything that I just explained and feel like I'm grabbing ideas and creative inspiration from the the highest levels of love, Mm. then I can put it into form in the form of art and it will hold that frequency and it'll spread that frequency to everyone who comes in contact with it. Gosh, that's some powerful stuff right there, Adam. Do you think that if you'd say the one aspect of it is receiving or tuning into that vibration and the other aspect is the outward expression of it, what's unique is that you're giving emphasis to both aspects. So being able to tune in, but also the outward expression of it. Do you think that they're both equally important or do you think that um, there's more room for one than the other in this world at the moment? I don't know that you can even separate the two in terms of you can work on them separately, but you're broadcasting a frequency, whether you like it or not. Mm. And the, the frequency that you're broadcasting is the alchemy of what you're receiving and your beingness, like who you are, your body. So for example, if you eat a bunch of junk food for a month straight and you don't exercise and you, you don't meditate and you don't do any self-love practices, 
you could be an incredibly conscious individual who channels light beams and and whatever it is that you want to do but and you could be incredibly have had this huge spiritual background but you've now created an internal environment that's going to mix with what you're receiving mm. and that mixture that kind of melting pot of that is going to be what's broadcast out mm. and you don't ever stop broadcasting and you don't ever stop receiving mm. um, it's just a matter of um, how intentional do you want to be with what you are tuning into mm -hmm. and how intentional do you want to be with what you're broadcasting out? And yeah. while they may seem separate, they're intricately linked. And, and I don't know that they can actually be separated yeah, in terms absolutely. of its expression. I think that's why I find your work quite exciting from that perspective, because you get a lot of experts in the field and fantastic teachers, coaches that are absolutely wonderful at getting you to perceive and receive and tune in to vibration. Um, and that's one whole realm of well-being, of self-development, of growth. And then there's the other aspect I find that you get teachers, presenters, coaches that are really excellent at getting people to manifest or bring into action what it is that they're holding inside of themselves. But you seem to be bringing those two things together and marrying the two aspects of it, which currently anyway, from, from what I found is quite unique. So from that perspective, I think Trailblazer goes well for you as, as a descriptor <laughs> of what you're doing. It's also the masculine and the feminine energies, right? Yeah. Like the receiving mm. nature of the feminine mm. and the actionable, like external mm. of the masculine i think it's a balance and i'm i'm not even a huge fan like those terms are great you know because so many people are familiar with them at this point but i don't think they're that black and white i think that we're all just this swirling bit of mm. of energy and, and we can use divine masculine divine feminine to make ease of conversation so that we have similar jargon and i think divine androgyny is is probably where we're actually headed where we get to express the masculine parts of ourselves and the feminine parts of ourselves through the exploration of both and the valuing of both of them yes. we have undervalued feminine energies and feminine dynamics um, on this planet as um, we've stepped into what I would say a necessary period of time to really develop as a human race, the technologies and the science and the medicine and the things that have now put us in a position where we can trend like the internet and social media and all of this, we literally have an external manifestation of collective consciousness. Mm. Like at any point in time, I can type into Google a question and find an answer. I'm tapping into a collective consciousness. It's a storage base. It's a reflection of that. And so what is amazing about that is that means that everyone now can actually see how they impact and interface with the world mm. at which was always the case. Like we've always been able to do that because we're all connected. Mm. But unless you were really attuned to the energy of that and the energetics of that, you may not have realized it. And now with the internet, everyone recognizes that they do have a voice. Mm. And that is going to be, I think that that is the thing that's going to allow for maybe for the first time in human history for us to create a thriving, prosperous planet that works for everyone mm. because we can actually see it and feel it in real time and see our impact in it in real time. And I'm excited to be alive at this stage where there is a marrying of ancient wisdom and future technologies. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're across almost all of the social media channels and sharing what you do across <laughs> those different platforms. So you're really making it very, very accessible for people 
you know, whichever format they're used to using. Um, across the various different medias, you share quite candidly about your own journey, the process you yourself are going through, with a lot of vulnerability. And it's interesting to me that you've already mentioned this thing of masculinity, femininity, and how those things have traditionally perhaps been a little bit misunderstood. And the world is certainly waking up to appreciating men having a voice in this world when it comes to well-being and spiritual development and growth as an art form as well. So you're very open and vulnerable in a way that you don't traditionally see men doing so or being so. So how are the people around you responding to that? I think more and more people are responding positively to it. I know in my immediate circles, I've had people reflect to me that they didn't know how to actually respond when yes. I first started like when I started my YouTube show um the art of choosing love yeah that for people who aren't familiar with it I was in a relationship with a woman for 10 years and we were talking about having a baby and getting married and all the things and then kind of unexpectedly we we broke up mm. and the next day in a meditation I just had this clear voice in my head that said to film everything Mm. And oh, so immediately um, after the breakup, the next morning, wow, the and the, the other voice inside you said, said, film it, <laughs> film it, film, film it. it. Because I'd been on tour. I was on tour for my spoken word poetry show about mm. a month before that. Mm. And I was having so many people come up to me and say, thank you so much. Mm. I've been hearing this message to choose love and to love myself more, mm. but I didn't even know what that meant. Mm. And I realized that I've been living in this bubble of personal development and, and the conscious community, so to call it. I mean, everyone's conscious, but that's the term that's used. Yes. And so people are on that personal development journey. They, mm. they know what that kind of means to start to work on loving themselves more. Mm. But the average person, that's a foreign concept of, mm. of, okay, I'm supposed to love myself, but what do I do? Yes. What is, what can I actually do on a day-to-day -day basis to support with that? And so the voice in my head was like, film this because this is, this is something that people get to see because we're past the era of let me tell you how to live your life. Mm. We're in an era of 24 seven access. We have reality mm. shows. We have these Instagram stories and things where people are used to seeing behind the scenes and they want to yeah. the real raw authentic. Yes. Um, and so who's willing to put a camera on the, the hardest parts of their life, mm. the most challenging parts of their life and say, this is what it looks like for me to choose love in every moment. This is what it looks like to me to love myself through the most difficult thing I've ever gone through, which is saying goodbye to the love that I thought was forever. Mm. And I made an agreement with my cameraman, the more uncomfortable the situation seems, the more yeah. awkward, the more painful, the yeah. more like I'm crying or angry or whatever, put a camera on it. And I will never tell you not to film it because I didn't want a escape route. I wanted to know that there was no hiding. Yeah. And the reason why I do that, well, the reason why I made that show, the reason why I share the way that I do about all the things that I do is because I grew up in an environment where it wasn't safe for me to show emotion. I, it was not safe for a variety of reasons. And I never felt safe. And so my dharma, the, the thing that I'm here to do is first and foremost for myself, learn that it's safe to be here mm. in my body on this planet as a human being. It's safe. I'm okay. Mm. And part of that process for me is in showing all of me 
and learning that I can show the most vulnerable aspects of myself. I can show all of my emotion. I can cry on camera and blast that out to millions of people. And that I can recognize that not only am I safe to do that, because look at me, I'm thriving. I'm loving life right now. And not only am I safe to do that, but it's a permission slip for others. And I've seen that by being willing to do that, I'm supporting so many other people. I'm giving people permission to do the same thing. And at the end of the day, if people felt comfortable to be themselves and to show themselves and knew that they could be loved for that, we would see a lot of things shift on this planet. Yes, hugely. As a special thank you for listening to Your Wellbeing Podcast, we're offering a 10% off all tickets at the London Wellbeing Festival 2020. All you need to do is visit the website and use promo code PODCAST10. Only valid on online sale, terms and conditions available online. Your filmmaker you just mentioned, he is also sometimes in those videos, you know, showing that he's about to film you going through something or, you know, and, and you bring him into that process. Many people that are listening to this might be loving that idea, but thinking, I don't have someone else in my life that could help me document that journey or be part of that journey with me. How did you guys meet? How did you come across creating this together? And how did he feel about it? Well, um, he's been a friend of mine for many years. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, when I went on that tour that I was telling you about for my my show, Permission to Think Freely, uh, which is a spoken word poetry show, I was looking for someone who could come on board and film that show and that tour and take pictures. And also, uh, it it just so happens he's a talented musician. And so he was able to play the guitar um, and I was budgeting. So I was like, I need someone who could do multiple things (laughs) and also wanted a friend. So he came on that tour and we just realized that we have a great creative chemistry. Yes. So when the message came through to film everything, it was just very clear, let me get Ryan. His mm-hmm. name is Ryan Fontana. And then I hired someone else. And we put the, we found that person by putting it on my Facebook. I love social media for that. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm doing this thing. I could use another cameraman, tag your friends who, who might be interested, and mm. then found someone. Mm. And literally, they were present on the day that my ex and I actually had the U-Hauls come to the house and we officially separated physically for the first time in 10 years. So yeah, from the very beginning, we went on the road. And what was amazing about it in hindsight is it was almost in a way like hiring a coach, Mm. right? Like I had created this environment where I had support with me everywhere. Mm. And that was something that only became clear in in hindsight. Right. Uh, for me, it really was about, okay, I've been assigned this objective of filming everything. We filmed for six weeks in Hawaii and Florida and all these places. We filmed for six weeks and I didn't even know what I was making. Mm. I actually had no idea that it would turn into this reality show in the format that it did. It was just me listening to my guidance and filming everything. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what's very clear from that is that you trust them to be part of that process with you and you're creating a space of trust when you're sharing it with so many people so publicly. You've already mentioned tying it in with saying giving people the permission. Your new body of work that you've released, uh, which is something quite progressive, brings in the spoken word poetry in the form of an album with your coaching and with the message that you're sharing with people. Perhaps you can share for our audience what is permission and 
what was it that inspired this particular body of work in the format that it's in? Because it's quite unique. It's not something that people will have seen already. Yeah, thank you. Um, permission is the result of, again, kind of just trusting and following the messages that I feel like I receive. Mm. And I have that live show, Permission to Think Freely, mm. which is these six pieces of poetry and storytelling and personal development concepts. And in a way, it's taking people on this journey of learning how we actually create our reality and how we can shift it and the power of love within that from a scientific standpoint. It's mm -hmm. it's really awesome. And I'm a fan of it. And I realize that not everyone's going to go and, and see that show. Right. And not everyone is a fan of just traditional acapella spoken word poetry, <laughs> but most people are a fan of music. And I think that what I want to do is make choosing love cool. Mm. You know, I want people to recognize that to be a loving, caring human that is doing their best to help this planet, you don't have to sacrifice it being fun and cool and hip and sexy and, and playful. Like all of those things can be a part of that. Mm. And so it was really clear that music gets to be a part of that. And so I wanted to, to take my, my poems and I, I went into studio for three months with a producer and an engineer and we created original music. So it's not like people think about poetry with music, they think of like this ambient kind of thing underneath the yeah, poetry. No, this is, is really specific. Yeah, this is every song yeah. carefully crafted yeah. with a composer mm. in studio with the instruments played in studio from scratch mm. to go with each of these poems. And and you've listened to it. It's all over the map. We have one, some that are kind of hip hop vibes. Mm. We got some that kind of dance vibes. Some are like ones that are like seven minute piano ballad mm. with like electric guitar. It's just so beautiful to do that. And I also knew that I didn't want it to just be okay, well, here's, here are the, these poems with music. I wanted it to, again, also be the journey because art has the potential of shifting an individual instantly, mm. like truly transforming someone. Mm. And I think that in a lot of ways, collectively, we've forgotten that. And music is on just like in the background while people are doing their dishes. And music is on in every store or restaurant you go mm. to. And people see music as just being this thing that is there all the time. And forgetting that you could put on an album, press play, sit back for 45 minutes. And at the end of it, have transformed, have actually elevated your life in a way that will lead to more of what you desire to see and who you desire to be. And so that was the basis of, of the album. And the process of creating that was going into what we opened up this podcast talking about, which was, I believe everything's frequency. And so how could I put medicine frequencies into a cool album? Mm. And I literally consulted with five different master plant medicines mm. to create that album in different ways. The idea came to me in an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm -hmm. It was like, do this thing. I was yes. like, okay. Yeah. And then I said, well, how do not everyone's going to go and, and sit and drink a cup of ayahuasca? Mm. And not everyone wants to, and not everyone should. Yeah. But I believe that what's happening if I drink that cup is I'm again like a radio transmitter. I'm just opening myself up to new bandwidths of frequency. And so if I'm a match to it and I let that alchemy within myself and I can put it out, I can do the best job I possibly can at receiving the frequency and putting it into a piece of art. And then when people listen to it, they will receive that frequency 
as best I could put it into the art. And so five medicines were a part of that. Ayahuasca, uh, Santa Maria, psilocybin, peyote, and um, iboga. Okay. So thank you, because I was going to ask you what, uh, what those five were. So this nod towards artistic expression, creativity in the well-being space, in the self-development space is very important, especially to us at Mind, Body, Spirit. You know, the festivals from this year are also including a lot more artistic elements. And, and what you're offering is also going to be, you know, a big step in that direction for us. I'm really excited that you're bringing that to the show. Um, if someone goes onto your website and goes to order, you know, they want to place an order for permission, there's a kit on there. And that kit also includes a cacao ceremony kit, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and as you just mentioned, you share other ceremonies you've experienced and engaged with. When it comes to ceremonies, you know, what is what is the process? How often should someone engage in a ceremonial process is it necessary to try different things should you just stick to one and where does ceremony fit in with all of this that you're also sharing well i see ceremony as being uh, the combination of action and intention when you set an intention for an action that you're going to to take Mm. um, you're creating ceremony Mm. and I feel as if the the word ceremony there there's context around that and people you know have their own feelings around it and they, they think it means all these things and there's some resistance to it or there's some overuse of the word but mm. at the end of the day I feel like I've turned my life into ceremony when I go to the gym I set an intention before I go into that gym of doing what my body needs for me to uh, develop the strength and the flexibility to go out and, and be more of who I'm here to be. When I eat food, I, people who've ever eaten with me will see, like I take a moment to set an intention with everything that I eat so that I can declare that this is entering my body and supporting me in becoming a match on a frequency level to whatever it is that I'm, I'm meant to receive. Is that to do more with the vibration that one's receiving or the vibration that we're putting out when we're setting an intention that way? Yeah, I, th- I think that um, in those examples, like with, with food, I know that that food is literally going to become the cells of my body. Mm. And so we have enough evidence of the power of the mind and how it impacts your physical body and the ability for us to heal things like cancer and and so many other things, just with like the power of belief and Mm. and our minds. And um, it's well-documented. It's called the placebo effect for, you know, it's factored into all um, medical studies. Like it's Mm. factored in as an actual thing. And and so um, why wouldn't I just get my mind on board to say, hey, I'm eating this salad right now. Eating this salad is bringing me into a higher state of health and vitality. And why I, it's doing that is so that I can live my life in a way that inspires others and spreads love and light because no one really wants to to listen to someone who's unhealthy and not vibrant you know Mm. people want to take their advice from someone who's living a life in the way that looks to be the way that they want and so yeah my life has become a ceremony in all the ways that I possibly can I try and do as much with intention as I can and 
I feel like that aspect of life, of, of turning life into ceremony has been lost a lot over time. And so I encourage people to create ceremony. And so with the album itself, the ceremony kit you're re- referring to, um, which my website is adamroa.com for people that are interested, that ceremony kit includes everything that I felt like would give people the opportunity to create a really powerful ceremony. Yeah. So is that something that you brought into your life and your lifestyle after this breakup and you went on this six month journey of categorizing and and sharing everything that you were going through? Or was this something that also existed before that? Um, well, ceremony was a part of my life from before that ceremony became a part of my life from that kind of spiritual awakening, Mm -hmm. um, that I went through from that moment. And that was in January of 2013. Mm -hmm. So that's like seven years now that I would say ceremony has been a major part of my life. The sharing of my life, uh, started probably, you know, five or six years ago, I was putting out, it's funny because I had a poem go really viral and I think it's been viewed like 200 million times at Mm. this point. And I had a number of people say, wow, it's so crazy to see how just like overnight everything just shifted (laughs) for you in that way. And I I thought to myself, well, it kind of had this pop-off moment, but it wasn't overnight. I'd been putting out content for years, Mm. videos of me traveling the world and saying, hey, here's how you can deepen your manifestation. Here's how you can create more tribe around you of of deeper friendships. And just putting out those kind of coaching concept videos for probably four or five years before the poem ever went viral. Yeah, I think a lot of artists have this, right? If you look at artists in the mainstream world as well, there always seems to be a moment where people think that this person's just exploded onto the scene and, you know, they've just had a moment where they've just become incredibly popular. But actually, when you speak to them, they're like, I've been doing this for a while, guys. This is this is not an overnight success story. You've been putting in the work, you know, you've been committed to that. It takes seven years to become an overnight success. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone's hoping, that they're just going to have a breakthrough moment for sure breakthrough moments can happen but put in the seven years before that moment so your workshop at our festival uh is titled life is poetry amplify your creative process so what holds people back from being creative in their own life and why is it important for everyone to fully explore this part of themselves as well everyone's creative some people just choose to express it more than others Mm. and i think a big part of why so many people don't feel creative is because they have a misunderstanding or a a view of what creativity is that I don't think actually serves. People think of like creativity and artistry specifically as being drawing, painting, poetry, music, like Mm. that they think of it in that way. But I see creativity as being able to be expressed in an infinite number of ways because to me creative energy is the purest expression of someone's soul mm-hmm. it is your unique soul's fingerprint and so if i said to you hey right now you and i let's draw an elephant it'll look completely different yours and mine if we said to a hundred people write a poem about love it'll be completely different because even if you have the same context, someone's creative energy is completely unique. And therefore, what is creatively expressed from them, even with the exact same instructions, will be completely unique. Mm. And I believe that the most healing frequency on the planet is your own soul. It's the 
essence of you at the deepest level, when you can express that and it's moving through you, that process of moving your soul's essence through your body and out into the world, that's medicine. That's where people feel most alive. That's where people feel most seen. And that's where they feel a deep sense of love and belonging on this planet. And that's why when you look at people who have so much happiness. They have communities around them. They have people around them where they feel like they can fully express themselves and Mm. be themselves. Mm. And that creativity might express in the form of an app. Like maybe their thing is they, they develop apps or they're a coder of computer games or they, um, I know someone who, back when I used to live in, in San Diego, um, we had a house cleaner that would come every week and she, man, she loved clean. Like that was her thing. <laughs> she loved it. And the, that was like an expression yeah. of herself. It was an yeah. expression of her creativity. The way that she would go about it mm. was just her unique way. And so I think when we can get it across to people that creativity doesn't have to look any way. It is actually more the feeling. It's the expression of something really unique. Mm. And we can encourage and invite people into that more. We're going to help people feel like they belong on Mm. this planet. They're going to feel like they have a place here. And that is something that I really want to to help spread. And and so the workshop that I'm going to do at Mind, Money, Spirit is just using the medium of poetry, using the medium of performance to help people explore their creative energy and their creative expression Mm. as a feedback mechanism to see the areas where they could grow and learn to love themselves more. Mm. That's so beautiful, Adam. It makes me think of this. um, I recently went to this exhibition in London, which was about play and the important role of play in children. And how much that contributes towards their expression and their ability to learn, to connect um, and to create. And it's very interesting to hear you talking about it from the other side of it's not specifically about play, but about being creative and allowing that creativity to manifest, you know, in creating all sorts of stuff. Like you said, it can be an app, it can be something in your workplace, it can be something in your relationships. It doesn't have to be producing a specific bit of art in the way that we might currently appreciate and understand it um, in a way that creates that synchronicity and that connection between between people as well. So is this where you think you can make the most impact in someone's life, bringing them back into that realisation of being creative and turning that into useful or meaningful expression? I think that the most powerful thing that I can do for people is help them remember how to love themselves, Mm. how to come back to our innate place of really recognizing our own divinity. And I utilize art and creativity and self-expression. I utilize those as means of helping people remember how to love themselves. Mm. Uh, I have a few questions for you, which is, you know, slightly away from the workshop that have come up for me whilst we've been having a chat, specifically about how you went through this breakup and then you had this incredibly powerful meditation where you just wanted to share everything. I asked you how how the people close to you feel about that, how your friends feel about how vulnerable and open you let yourself be in the work that you're doing. If you don't mind me asking, how did that person that, you know, that left your relationship, that left that part of your life, how did they respond to it? If that's okay to ask you. Yeah, um, she was incredibly 
supportive of it. And she, I mean, she's in a bunch of the episodes even mm. um, because we are both filmmakers and we're both on here on this planet with the privilege of getting to spread love as our, our primary purpose. Mm. And so I think she, as a filmmaker and as a creative was really proud of, of what I was doing and what I was creating, especially because she started date when I, when we first started dating, I was 23 years old basically. And I, I didn't, I was not connected to my emotions in that way at all. I was incredibly emotionally shut down and uh, avoidant of those experiences. And so I feel like she shaped me into the man who was even capable of doing that. Mm. And I will be forever grateful Mm. for our time together where through our back and forth for 10 years, I, I developed into someone who had the courage to do that show who had the uh, skill set to actually, you know, direct mm. and produce it and who felt safe enough to actually yes. share that. And yeah, she, she she's in some of the episodes and mm. has always been nothing but but supportive in that way. Yeah, that's important, right? Because many people might come away from a relationship or maybe some of our listeners might already be out of a relationship where they feel that even though they may have gone through a huge period of growth to have the the courage to continue your journey of growth and have that person you know to acknowledge the impact that that person has made on you and continue to respect the role that they have played along the way I think many times people go through something it ends and then they want to almost eliminate their existence um, from, <laughs> from the story or from the journey right um, even though it really contributes to to where we're going and who we've become yeah, I think it comes down to what you view the role of a relationship as being. Mm. For me, a relationship is about growth and evolution. Like that's that's what yeah, it's absolutely. about for me. And Definitely. so that's the same with how I evaluate my friendships. Mm. Like, am I still growing in this? Are we are we actually helping each other grow and become more of who we want to be? Mm. And the same thing is true for our romantic partnerships. They're there is a unique aspect of ourselves. There's a vulnerability. There's a depth. There's just pieces of us that we don't show to anyone other than our romantic partners. Mm. And that means that there's growth available in that way that is unique to a romantic partnership. And the moment that there's more growth available outside the relationship than inside of it, mm. um, I don't think it has to get ugly or bad or broken to say, okay, it's time to move on from this. And when moving on from that, recognizing that if you've grown, if you've developed into more of who you want to be, if you feel like you're ready to take on the world and live your purpose, then that was a successful relationship, Mm. no matter how long it lasted, Mm. no matter, despite the fact that it ended. Um, The fact that a relationship ends does not mean that it failed. The, The fact that a relationship ends is now just an opportunity for additional growth, provided that you have the perspective of turning it into growth and not just getting hung up on the fact that it ended yeah I I love that and I really hope that more and more people can take that on as their perspective with with a view to relationships as well and I love what you're also saying about growth and with growth in mind what is your 2020 vision for what you'd like to manifest more of more growth in for this coming year what's exciting that you can share with some of our listeners well, the thing that I'm most excited about in, in 2020 um, is the tour 
Mm. I'm going to go on tour in the second half of this year um, and bring my spoken word poetry show back on the road for one last time. I'm going to retire it after this tour, but it's going to be a solid multi-month international tour. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. I, yeah. I love performing it. And it, it's such a transformative experience that that people literally at the end of it, I say, how would you describe this to people who might be interested <laughs> in coming? They're like, I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> like, just go to it uh, because it's it's innovative and new. And, and I'm so um, appreciative of that. And then from my own creative standpoint, I, I'm looking forward to creating more music. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, can't wait to hear some of that stuff from I have, yeah, anyone who's interested, I have actually one single up. It's it's actually a spoken word piece from the Permission album. Um, it's up on Spotify. But if you just want to go over to Spotify and type in my name and then follow um, my artist account, you'll get the new music when it's released. And I think I'm going to release the first single of, of this music in the next month. Oh, wow. So people will also be able to experience that offering of your work before they get to see you um, in London yeah. and May. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing that with people and like you say, just giving giving people the space and the permission and the opportunity to explore that for themselves as well. I think it's really important the work that you're doing, Adam. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm I'm honored to be able to get to live a life that allows me to do that. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully many people feel inspired by that and can manifest that for themselves as well. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, you know, over there on the West Coast, it's been great to see you via video link whilst we've been sat here in the UK. You're out there in the sunshine. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure too. Thank you for having me. Thank you everybody for taking the time to listen to this. I look forward to seeing you at uh, Mind, Body, Spirit in May. For more information about the Wellbeing Festival, visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk. I've been your host, Parvani Bias, and this episode was produced by Josh Roberts and our sound engineer, Erin Melligan. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon. Very soon.